Hello and welcome to the South Carolina Lead. I'm your host, Gavin Jackson, and this episode was recorded on July 25th, 2022, from my mom's house here in Silver Spring, Maryland. I'm in my old bedroom. It's so small. Just so you know, some of the information in this podcast may have changed by the time you've heard it. This episode features an update on a challenge to our state's new abortion law, the latest votes to codify same-sex marriage and birth control rights in Congress, what the House anti-abortion bill is shaping up to look like, and two South Carolina women were just confirmed by the U.S. Senate for two major jobs. In business, we have a preview of what's in store for this week on the economic calendar, as well as a housing report from Scott Morgan. <laughs> and in medical, we take a look at another Omicron subvariant that's popping up, and the latest on the ever-looming monkeypox, which is now a global health emergency. And of course, we want to hear your stories. That's why we have a voicemail box set up, so you can call us and let us know what's going on in your life. Give us a one, two, three-minute-long voicemail at 803-563-7169. Leave your name where you're calling from, and a little message about what's going on in your world like we keep talking about. It's summertime. We want to hear about you all if you're traveling, if you're not traveling, if you've unfortunately been uh, diagnosed with COVID-19 for the first time, or maybe it's your second or third time. Let us know what's going on with you. These are different times that we've all been experiencing, and what's old, unfortunately, seems new again. So give us a shout, 803-563-7169. Now for the latest in South Carolina... Currently, the spread of COVID-19 is high according to county-level data from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. For the week ending July 16th, 13,772 South Carolinians tested positive for COVID-19. That's a 4% increase from the week before. And there have been 13 deaths. There are 456 South Carolinians hospitalized with COVID-19, 55 are in intensive care, and 15 are on ventilators. All those metrics are up week over week. And currently, 52.5% of eligible South Carolinians are fully vaccinated. And we're starting off with a sneaky big politics section. I know I was writing it out. It just kind of got bigger and bigger as I kept writing. So bear with me as we talk about the latest movements regarding abortion in our state. There will be a hearing Tuesday in Richland County Court on the lawsuit by Planned Parenthood South Atlantic and other plaintiffs against the state. The group is asking for a temporary restraining order and a preliminary injunction to block the state's six-week abortion ban. Planned Parenthood South Atlantic, Greenville Women's Clinic, and two doctors state that the six-week abortion ban violates South Carolinians' state constitutional rights to privacy and equal protection by banning abortion, by providing inadequate protections for patients' health, and by conditioning sexual assault survivors' access to abortion on the disclosure of their personal information to law enforcement. We'll see what the court does Tuesday since a federal court threw out a previous challenge in June following the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Moving on, former Vice President Mike Pence visited South Carolina for the third time this year, making a stop in Florence last week at Florence Baptist Temple, where he addressed more than 1,100 people about what a post-Roe world looks like in his eyes. The tide has turned in this nation. Many more are with us than are with them. Don't ever doubt it. Life is winning in America, not just here in South Carolina, but all across this country. At the dawn of post-Roe America, I want to urge you, stay the course. Continue to do all the things that led us to this historic moment and be prepared to persevere. 
It may well take as long to win this country for life as it took for us to overturn Roe v. Wade. Pence previously gave remarks in the state at a Crisis Pregnancy Center fundraising gala in Spartanburg shortly after the Dobbs Supreme Court decision was leaked in May. Pence outlined that foster care will play an important role in a post-Roe world and needs more funding. He wants to see more anti-abortion politicians elected, outlaw abortion in every state, and see better security at crisis pregnancy centers like one that he toured in Florence. Something else he wants is a ban on abortion medication sent by mail. We also need to end the dangerous practice of abortion pill mills and mail-order abortion. Our postal system must not become a conduit for ending innocent life and endangering pregnant women outside the reach of medical care. We must defend and protect women and unborn children from the scourge of mail-order abortions. Pence also called for understanding for all those who have dealt with the abortion issue over the years. So as we move forward to reform our laws, support our leaders and support families and women in crisis pregnancies in this moment, let us do our part to bring the message of redemption and grace to those who were caught up in abortion these last 49 years. Let's love them both. The Democratic National Committee attacked Pence's visit, saying Mike Pence is leading Republicans' charge to make abortion illegal across the country, punish doctors, and now apparently take issue with abortion pills. Pence's speech in Florence will provide a roadmap for Republicans across the country as they work tirelessly to strip away Americans' fundamental rights. But Democrats will fight back and ensure voters across the country hear about Republicans' extreme agenda. Now, just to note, more than half the abortions, or 3,223 in 2021, in South Carolina took place between 7 to 13 weeks of gestation, according to DHEC stats. 48% occurred at 6 weeks or less. In May, Pence attended Lakewood Baptist Church's National Day of Prayer service in Rock Hill and served as the guest speaker for the Carolina Pregnancy Center's Spring Gala in Spartanburg. In April, Pence gave the commencement address in the capital city. Pence also delivered marks at the Palmetto Family Council Annual Gala in April 2021. So add all that to your 2024 watch as we gear up for the primaries. But before then, let's jump to Washington. Last week, the U.S. House of Representatives voted to codify gay marriage rights under the Respect for Marriage Act by a vote of 267 to 157, which included 47 yes votes from Republicans, including two from our state delegation, Tom Rice and Nancy Mace. Mace said, I always have and always will support the right of any American to marry. This vote is no different. I believe any two people, regardless of the color of their skin or gender or orientation or otherwise, should be free to enter into marriage together. If gay couples want to be as happily or miserably married as straight couples, more power to them. The bill now heads to the Senate where its future is unknown. Senator Lindsey Graham has said he will vote no on codifying same-sex marriage and gave his reasoning while talking with members of the press in the Upstate on Monday. From my point of view, I respect the voters in South Carolina and I'm going to allow this issue with my vote in Washington to be decided by them. Senator Tim Scott said that he has not said how he'll vote on it and he's one of 22 Republicans that CNN has marked as unanswered. Five Republicans were hard yes, eight were hard no's, including Senator Graham, and 15 were undecided or did not indicate support, or let's say wishy-washy. Now 10 Republicans are needed to join the 50 Democrats to stop a filibuster and vote on the matter. 
Another right House lawmakers sought to codify in light of a future potential challenge is access to birth control. Yes, simple measures that could be threatened by a future U.S. Supreme Court seeking to overturn decades of reproductive precedent as they did with abortion. Going back to Nancy Mace of the 1st Congressional District, she was one of eight House Republicans and the only from South Carolina to join Democrats Thursday in voting to safeguard access to contraceptives after the landmark Dobbs ruling in which Justice Clarence Thomas said the court should re-examine the Griswold v. Connecticut ruling from 1965. The landmark case secured the right for married couples to use contraceptives. Republicans on the floor said that the bill was rushed, having been introduced the previous Friday and debated on Monday, as well as saying that the bill was superfluous, according to The Hill. Now, Mace, the only woman in the nine-member congressional delegation from South Carolina, said in a statement that South Carolina is banning almost all exceptions for women, including those who have been raped and victims of incest. Today, I voted to protect access to contraceptives to protect every woman in South Carolina. Not only do different contraceptives prevent pregnancies, but some are also needed in order to maintain a healthy and well-functioning body, quote. Now, Mace boiled that message down and donned a blazer in the House chamber with white tape on the back, and in black marker, the message read, My state is banning exceptions. Protect contraception. Mace was there talking about the proposed House and Senate legislation floating around the State House, specifically the House Judiciary Ad Hoc Committee on Abortion, which met Tuesday to draft its restrictive bill that would get rid of current exceptions, like abortion due to rape or incest, but allow it to save the life of the mother. The draft legislation would not affect in vitro fertilization or access to birth control or criminalize women getting an abortion. However, it would include penalties for doctors that perform them illegally. The bill H-5399 will go before the entire House Judiciary Committee in mid-August. The full language of the bill is still being drafted. The ad hoc committee voted 9-3 to move the draft of H-5399 to the full committee. Staying in Washington, Judge Michelle Childs was confirmed 64-34 to by the U.S. Senate to the U.S. Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia Circuit. Childs, a South Carolina federal judge in Columbia, was nominated to the position last December before being put on President Joe Biden's shortlist following U.S. Supreme Court Justice Stephen Breyer's retirement announcement earlier this year. Both Senators Lindsey Graham and Tim Scott backed her, along with 12 other Republicans. The D.C. Circuit Court, the second most powerful court in the country, is largely considered a stepping stone to the U.S. Supreme Court. Childs is the third black woman to sit on the D.C. Circuit Court. And on the way out, another South Carolinian was confirmed by the Senate last week. Adair Ford Burroughs was confirmed as the U.S. Attorney for South Carolina by voice vote on July 21st, capping a quick process that started with President Biden nominating her in June. She'll now lead federal prosecutions in the state. Ford Burroughs unsuccessfully challenged 2nd Congressional District Congressman Joe Wilson in 2020. Welcome to business. Let's talk housing, folks. Now, you may remember that due to COVID-19, that the federal government gave the South Carolina Housing and Finance Authority control of some $272 million for rental assistance. We're talking about the SE Stay program, which quickly was retooled as SC Stay Plus to help the state's 39 non-metro counties. But getting that money out the door has been easier said than done. Scott Morgan has this report on how the process is going. 
When the State Housing and Finance Authority launched its pandemic rental assistance program last year, community outreach efforts in rural counties were good, but not great, says Felicia Cuthbertson, Director of Philanthropy at the United Way of Barnwell, Allendale, and Bamberg counties. The state did have efforts to kind of go to, I would say, standard access points. So there were opportunities at the library where representatives may come in and be there on Tuesdays from 8 to 12. It was that same kind of rural norm that the state knew that and the library representatives <laughs> knew that, but not necessarily the individuals who would need the services. Maybe the biggest problem with the SC State Plus program has been the usual biggest problem with social and assistance programs. People don't even know they exist, much less how to get information about them. That's an ever-worsening problem the more you get into the country, where residents and services agencies tend to be spread thin. What is really critical in our area, serving three rural counties, is being able to have access points in each community. And I'm hoping that, I'm not hoping, I'm sure, that our numbers and results will be a lot better for our area because there will be local agencies and groups involved. SC Housing got $272 million from the federal government to deliver through SC State Plus, and just about $182 million of that has been given out to 30,000 households in eligible counties, according to SC Housing. That's pretty good, but it's still $90 million and half a million rental households shy of maxing anything out. This is why Cuthbertson says the United Way Association of South Carolina is revamping its approach to letting people know that a C-State Plus exists and that people are still eligible to apply. By having community partners, we serve as that central hub where the landlord can confirm the validity of the program and it provides that accessibility for the tenant and the landlord. Between leases and government forms and understanding who qualifies for rental assistance and why and how it all works together, Understanding any kind of rental assistance process can be a lot for people who are already dealing with a lot during a rough time. So local chapters in the 39 SC State Plus eligible counties are partnering with neighborhood nonprofits and community resource centers to have regular in-person help for residents looking to apply to the program, and not just sporadic information sessions, or pop-ups as Cuthbertson calls them, that residents might not hear about. This is for the benefit of tenants who might not know they still qualify to ask for rental assistance, and for landlords who, especially in small and rural towns, might not be corporate property owners and thus rely on rental revenue as a major source of income. With those pop-up models at the library from 8 to 12, if the landlord is employed outside of the rental properties, or if as a tenant I can't go back and convey what program I'm telling my landlord to send their personal information to, then it's probably not going to be as well received. One need this next level outreach is addressing in rural communities is access to reliable Wi-Fi. The State Plus program is very electronically based. With the lack of Wi-Fi in our community, that's probably one of the challenges that having an agency or partner with those capabilities will be a big difference. And one of the most reliable places to find good Wi-Fi in rural communities is pretty familiar in small South Carolina towns, church. In our very small town, some of them where there's not even a red light, the one place in that community where there's going to be a machine where you can scan and upload those documents or even have the Wi-Fi capacity to do it are those faith-based institutions. Eligible residents can apply for SC State Plus funds until October 31st. Thanks, Scott. You can find that report and more on SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org.
And I know, kind of a quick little business section, but stay tuned this week. We have a lot of data coming out. We'll get consumer confidence numbers on Tuesday. The Fed meets on Wednesday, where it's expected they'll raise rates by 0.75%. And then we'll get second quarter GDP advance estimates on Thursday. Woof. How exciting. Oh my goodness. And as I was on the way out, I almost forgot to mention gas prices. Especially now that we're under $4, people, like we've been talking and praying and hoping for. Right now, the average price for a gallon of gas in South Carolina is $3.86 a gallon, like we're talking about. That is down from $4.02 a week ago and down from $4.44 a month ago. But we're still a solid dollar above where we were a year ago. So again, we're averaging $3.86 a gallon in the state. That's down a solid 74 cents from our high in June of $4.60 a gallon. So folks, if you're back driving, let us know what's changed. 803-563-7169. Talk to us about finances and your personal finances, how the economy is affecting you, what you're doing differently. Maybe you're having more fun. Maybe you're doing less things. Maybe you're not going out as much. We want to know. 803-563-7169. We just need you the last four of your social security, the street you grew up on, and your mother's maiden name. Thank you. It's our medical section, another quick section, but we want to talk about some important issues that we're all facing right now, especially when it comes to COVID. Now, we barely understand that new BA5 subvariant, but there's another one on the way. BA2.75. Yes. Bruh. I know we've been talking about those variants, which are now the dominant vaccine escaping COVID-19 variants to affect people in America, BA5 and BA4. But already the World Health Organization is tracking what could be the next problem. BA 2.75. The variant has shown up in 15 countries and is on the move. It's even been detected in several states, including Washington, California, Illinois, New York, North Carolina, Texas, and Wisconsin. The newest variant has even gained an unofficial name, Centaurus, after a Twitter user got the notion that the endless string of variants that contain numbers and not a name are not being taken seriously enough. Hence, Centaurus. Yeah, let's get the hurricane thinking here. Now, naming might be another issue with this one. We're going to stick with the WHO, which has declared monkeypox a global health emergency of international concern. Now that some 16,000 cases have been detected worldwide, of which nearly 2,900 of them have been detected in America and seven in South Carolina. Now, monkeypox is rare but potentially serious. The typical illness begins with flu-like symptoms and swelling of the lymph nodes, that progresses to a rash on the face and body. But many cases in the current outbreak do not have the typical onset, and the rash may only appear on part of the body. Most infections last two to four weeks. Monkeypox is not easily transmitted from person to person, but it can be spread through prolonged face-to-face contact, skin-to-skin contact, including sexual contact, and through contaminated materials like clothing or linens of an affected person. So be super aware, and if you have a new rash, go get it checked out urgent care, go to your doctor, do what you need to do. But let's ping pong back to COVID on the way out. President Joe Biden was diagnosed with COVID-19 last Thursday and has been in isolation since then. Now he's doing fine, but it is likely that he has the BA5 variant, which can break through the vaccine and cause reinfection. Biden's vital signs, such as blood pressure and respiratory rate, remain entirely normal. 
and his oxygen saturation levels are excellent with no shortness of breath at all, according to the White House. We wish him a speedy recovery. Welcome to the wind down section, our little break from the news. We talk about life during the pandemic and we want to hear your stories as well. Again, I was asking about the economy, how gas prices are affecting you. They've been falling now. We're talking about rising interest rates, though. That might have changed some decisions for you, buying a house, whatnot. Uh, but let us know. Maybe you've changed jobs, too. 803-563-7169. Maybe you just moved to South Carolina from another state, huh? Are you new here? Did you oh, start yeah. listening to us? Do you love us? Let oh, us know. Oh, Gavin's ripping, baby. <laughs> He's cooking, know. baby. Yes. <laughs> it's not required to love us. You can call if you don't like us, too. It's just not encouraged. 803-563-7169. <laughs> AT, good to see you. Good to hear from you, my friend. Oh, yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank You've been you, thank out you. of the country like... lately, so it's good that you're been, back I, in the status when you I have been abroad. I've been, I've been abroad in Toronto. I saw Rage Against the Machine. It was a life-affirming concert that I saw. It was Love great. That. Years in the making. Um, years, decades in the making that 20, I wanted to see this band. 2019, 2018, you got the tickets. 2018, I, late 2018, I bought these tickets, and it just kept getting canceled, canceled, canceled. But yes, Cancel I did culture. see it. That's what it that great. is, right? Oh, cancel culture <laughs> has gone too far, if you ask me, and that's what the rest of the, the next 10 minutes are going to be about this, okay? Strap no. in, folks. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, the, Toronto was great. Great, great city. I, it was a lot of fun. I like being in big cities. Mm -hmm. I went Toronto's to a nice. great 17 course sushi me tasting menu. Mm. I went. I got great Peking duck. I got really good Italian food. So it was a lot of fun. And we went to a lot of breweries. So that was great. Anyway, Gavin, we have a call. Okay. Oh, okay. I was like we kind of getting on your can your Canadian ramp before we. I didn't know we had a call, so I apologize for. We have a that. call. We can go. We can go back to Canada, you oh. and I, after this call. So are you ready? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm ready. You better. Oh, believe yeah. It, you bud. better believe it, bud. Okay? Oh, yeah. Oh, sure. Go ahead, please. Yeah. Okay. So I'm gonna play this. You and I can go out back, back, grab a dart. Okay. 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 Here we go. Oh, we're going. We're going from a Canadian to Midwestern. Midwest. Yeah, it's not good. I apologize. We're, we're not good. I apologize. We're sorry. The lead sincerely apologizes. <laughs> anyway, here's your calls. Oh yeah. Hello, this is Kevin from Lexington. Uh, just wanted to wish Gavin a belated, belated happy birthday. Still catching up with some of the episodes when I can. The program last week was just one more thing to crawl on your skin when you walk outside, and then another good thing that was mentioned. You can't complain about politicians unless you complain to politicians. So ad hoc voting, writing your politician to get what you want in the political system, that's the way to do it. Other than that, uh, counting down to a big road trip, watching some Tour de France on Peacock, and charging through some rainstorms and hot weather. Thank you all. Have a good one. Hey, Kevin, thanks for calling, and thank you for the belated birthday wishes. Oh, I love that mm, he was talking about love the, that. The, the tick episode. Oh, mm. Ugh, disgusting. Yeah, <laughs> truly foul. And, of course, making some good points about how you can't complain about politicians unless you complain to them, and you also got to vote, too. That's the critical thing. If you don't vote, I don't want to hear about you, okay? You can't complain about things. Great, yeah, these are two great rules of thumb for me. Like, if you're if you're just an Internet complainer, I, yeah. I have just zero time for you, yeah. you know? Oh, I, oh, but I've never voted. Oh, well, okay, then I'm not going to ever talk to you again oh, yeah, until then, you do. Oh, uh, yeah, shut up then, okay? 
Come on, figure it out. <laughs> Thanks for calling, Kevin. I love it. I love people calling in. And I like that our light shaming, our, our rambling in that mm-hmm. one episode really, mm-hmm. really worked. We got two calls, which now means we only have one call, which means <laughs> my birthday is coming up. So yes. you guys have to call and, and wish me a happy birthday anyway. And 18, uh, just because we're taking vacations here and there, I'm, I'm working on this one because I, I'm dedicated <laughs> to you. Vacation. It's a working yeah. vacation. It's a working vacation. Doesn't mean that they can take a vacation from calling. No. It's a hard no, hard pass on that. <laughs> I, I, I um, can't stress that enough. It's a hard no. This, it, uh, we are being nice. This is legally binding by you listening to mm-hmm. it. There is some uh, sub-audible FCC law that requires yeah, binding, you to let us it's know. It's binding language. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's binding language that you do have to call. And we're not taking legal action because no. we're nice. We're but nice. We could. Well, we yeah, because you know, you stick in that disclaimer. It's very high pitched. I, I read it very mm-hmm. quickly, but it's in every dogs episode. Hear it. Dogs, dogs hear, it, hear yes. it. In like, yeah, I think maybe uh, children under the age of twelve can maybe understand it. It's <laughs> ear piercing when they hear it. It's unfortunate, but <laughs> it's a legal disclaimer. Speaking of Kevin dealing with uh, rainstorms and heat, back Oof. to Canada. Oh. While I was there, and now there back was to Canada. Back to Canada. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Anyway, um, there was a heat advisory while we were there. Oh, yeah? And everyone was, like, apologizing for the heat. Of course. And it was 84 degrees. It's lovely. And we were like, they were like, sorry, you have to sit outside. It's really nice. And we were like, it's gorgeous. Yeah. This is great. Was there any humidity or is it just hot? There, It was a little humidity because there, it rained on the last day. So it was mm-hmm. a little bit humid. But, I mean, it was 82, you oh, know? Yeah, yeah. 82 and humid. Perfect. I'm going to take every day. Yeah. Uh, and all what struck me the most about being in Canada was how integrated it is. Not anything that you would think, but more integrated. People were wearing masks. People weren't wearing masks. Mm-hmm. And no one cared what anyone else was doing. Yeah. And it was incredibly refreshing that no one said anything. Any Everyone just got to do whatever the hell they wanted. You know what Freedom I mean? Freedom of choice, personal responsibility, things that we hear or mention, but also are blasted at each other yeah it was great it was fabulously good and your travel experience was fine too i mean you had a little bit of a delay but other than that everything worked out fine my i was phoneless for the first 70 percent of it but i mean it was kind of freeing to just walk through a town not have to worry about are you the one getting directions no i'm not yeah. i have no phone you I was know asking what i mean traveling so I was, delays your travel i no, yeah, no travel delays. It was good. And yeah. it was nice to just walk Airports. around in real time experience it. And, and there were times when the other three people I was with were on their phones for like 10 minutes, but I didn't care. I was living, I was a man living in the moment, okay? I was unplugged. I was off the grid. Oh, wow. Like literally off the grid in Canada. Exactly living right. It. Yes, exactly right. And also, I mean, Canadian dollars, every every time you see a price, you're like, oh, that's expensive. Then you're like, hey, it's not expensive. It's Canadian mm, dollars. Free money, free money. <laughs> Yes. Anyway, Gavin, where are you? You're not in Canada, are you? I don't think so. No one has actually told me where I am. I'm in Maryland, so I'm above the Mason-Dixon line. <laughs> no, no, I'm below the Mason-Dixon oh, line still, but I'm above the Potomac River is what I meant to say. I'm below the, I'm above the Potomac River, um, whereas okay. my you're, Mason-Dixon you're, line. <laughs> you're above Pro, P- Poto, the Poto. That's what everyone calls it, I'm, I'm assuming, right? Poro, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. The so American what are you Legion. doing there? Why, uh, why so are you I working was, on I location? Was, I was, well, I thought you'd be out of town for the whole week. So I was like, I'll take the week off. And then yeah. I didn't follow up. And I'm like, you heard what you wanted to hear there. I did hear what you wanted to hear there. And like I said, you know, I was in, um, you know, I was in Florida for spring break Easter. So I was, I didn't come home and I feel like I ruffled some feathers by not coming home and seeing everyone, even though I just was in the Outer Banks for a week and saw all my family. I wanted to come back up and touch base. And since uh, I was in 
Charlottesville over the weekend because a friend of mine's going to school at UVA. We had a big little going away party at Airbnb in Charlottesville, which was super nice, super cute town, a couple different wineries, a delicious meal, wine flights. I mean, it was just mm. it was mm. be- it was like it was beautiful. I mean, like I, you have to go check it out. It's like a little bit of Napa, which I don't even I've never been to Napa. I can't compare, but it just seems so cool. <laughs> and uh, you know, it just like had a great vibe. Like you know, there's some kind of some wineries in Northern Virginia, but like Charlottesville just has such an array. It's rolling hills. It's beautiful because you have the mountains too in the background, and it it was pretty warm, but we were in some shady spots, and it was just very enjoyable. Can't recommend it enough. It's like a five and a half hour drive from Columbia, but not a bad drive. You know, you're not stuck on like 26 or something like that. You're up 77, yeah. then you kind of go a little back roads for a while, but it was nice. I mean, it would be a good trip if someone was looking for something different. You know, it's not as close as Asheville, but it's a little bit different than a little bit more variety. And then I went to Mont- uh, Monticello on Sunday, did the tour of that. I've never been there before as a Washington. Mm-hmm. You know, as a Marylander, I've never really been in around those areas. We always talk about, but you never kind of do it. So I just did that tour, learned a lot of history, a lot about the slavery at the, of the site, of course. Uh, something that they're really embracing and really talking more about and giving better context for. We talk about Sally Hemings and and all the different slaves that were on that site that helped make Monticello what it is. But then also learning about Thomas Jefferson and of course his, you know, what he's done for the country as a founding father type. So a super interesting little trip, little weekend right there. And now I'm in Maryland with my mom at my mom's house. So uh, spending time in up your here. in it's, your childhood bedroom. You know, I love that for you. And it's just you're laying. You're you're laying. I also want everyone to know that you recorded this pod laying on a bed. They're on like a, on a bed of pillows. Yes, they're like they're like. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> did you guys tape every episode laying horizontally? Yes. Everyone we do. knows. Yes, but normally it's it's a hard plank and <laughs> with many many pulleys <laughs> the, the mic, and levers and <laughs> Mike hanging s- over several my body. Simple machines. There is a screw. I won't tell you where. But, and an inclined plane. But um, <laughs> very loud process but no it's nice to be up here too because usually i'm here during the winter time like you know the holidays but to be in here this summer it's nice because everything's green everything's you know grown in the trees are full um i get to see my mom's garden the wonderful flowers and plants going on here and of course there's been some trees knocked down too recently and so this one area where my pine tree is that i planted when i was a child a wee toddler actually i was probably like eight but it's, it's now like getting so much more sun that it has just grown up. It is probably like 30 feet, maybe more 40 feet Mm. tall. This pine that I planted knowing that I was going to be moving to the land of the pine. It's all connected. My friends, it's all connected. Mm. Oh my gosh. I get it. But yeah, I get it. Just different. You know, cause we don't see that many pine trees up here. It's not like in South Carolina where it's all pine trees and you get some big oaks here and there. Um, we have a lot of different different varieties of trees that really manage to fill up the sky here. It's just a little bit different. The little things that you notice, the floor of the and fauna. You just learn, it's the little things you learn on this podcast that our host not only records lying down, but is a dendrophile, okay? <laughs> anyway, Gavin, say goodbye to these fine, fine folks. If yes. you guys love trees, give us a call. Tell us your favorite Let us tree. Know. We do have a tree. Um, we do have some tree people out there listening. You know, Jay Jackson got his forestry degree from Virginia mm. Tech. Big tree guy. Big Big tree tree. guy. It runs in the family. Anyway, have a good week, everyone. I hope you get to go on vacation. It's not just me and Gavin. Anyway, see you guys. Take that break. Be that change. And give us a little appreciation like Kevin did by giving us a review on iTunes or a voicemail at 803-563-7169. You can also stay up to date with the latest news on SCETV.org and SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org. And don't forget to support your local newspapers. For the South Carolina lead, I'm Gavin Jackson. Be well, South Carolina. 
Hey, you look good. I bet you feel good. So let's sound good, okay? <laughs> I bet you. I bet you feel good. You're looking like you're gonna sound good. 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 <laughs> oh dearie, does your podcast friend want anything to eat? Mom, <laughs> he's not here.